1: We shall
2: pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty.
3: American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for
0: the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego.
4: Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height sitting in today for Mr. Ed Martin. Glad to be here and glad to be talking about some of the things going on with you. This is always uh, such a great program, and uh, I am grateful to be a part of it. Thank you to you uh, for being here with us each and every day, for listening, for being faithful to participate with us, uh, not only in this program, but in the American process, in this great American experiment we all share. Uh, Glad to have you with us. we got a good show today, a couple of great interviews, and then, of course, we have our uh, Standard uh, segments, uh, bringing in the show, the wink, the what you need to know, and taking us out, the wrap-up. I'm going to be glad to be here for at least those today. And uh, let me do point you in one direction, two directions, actually, before we get going uh, into the meat of what we have to talk about today. Sorry to all my vegetarian, vegan friends out there, the meat of what we're getting to. Uh, but it just it doesn't say the same. We'll get to the carrots, the, the the potatoes and carrots. I don't think there's an equivalent phrase. Oh, you never know. We'll have to work on that. We'll see. Someone t- tell me. Sound off. Let me know if you uh, if, if there's a better phrase than getting uh, getting into the meat of it or whatever the phrase is. Now I've lost it. Oh, dear. Well, we're, you know what? We're just going to move on. It's radio, and uh, and uh, it's not like this is recorded and everyone's going to remember it. <laughs> but I joke. Uh, thank you for being with us. Let me tell you, go to ProAmericaReport.com. Also, go to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Over there at the ProAmericaReport.com, you can see Ed's writing. It's a Substack page. It's going to have some great articles, a lot of things that you're going to want to keep up on. Uh, get there and subscribe uh, to that email and make sure you get it into your inbox. And also over at com, there you're going to find the archives of all of this program, the podcasts, uh, the standalone segments, the links, the resources, the show notes. uh, And you'll be able to sign up for the wink email. Go to Phyllislafley.com and that is where you will get the wink email into your inbox every day, 7 a.m. Central Time, and all the accompanying... um, uh, time zones, it will come in all at the same time across the country. A few links, uh, a few stories that you need to know, and a little bit of a, what you need to know for the day uh, often corresponds with this, uh, but the links are different each and every day. So, uh, head on over there, com. sign up for the email, proamericareport.com, check out Ed's substack and what he is writing about, and let's get into it. Like I said, we got a couple of great interviews, always do, lots of good information, but before we get there today, uh, we've got something to talk about. The what you need to know, and, and here's what you need to know for today, what you need to know is the House must impeach Joe Biden. And, and now <laughs> the time for this impeachment is now the time for proceedings moving us that direction is now. Let me uh, let me back up here and give a little bit of a context. There's been a lot of stuff going on surrounding the Biden family and uh, and the House uh, Republicans, the Republican majority in the House, very slim majority, but one nonetheless. And uh, Hunter Biden has been uh, ignoring uh, calls for him to come and testify. In fact, he has defied a subpoena uh, and the House is moving to compel him. And uh, sure enough, they are having a vote today, even uh, moving forward a formal uh, impeachment inquiry, which will allow House Judiciary oversight and ways and means to continue their investigation. So it's really it's not revolutionary necessarily. They are already beginning their investigations. The House vote that's taking place today is just letting them continue it. Pardon me as I drop my pens and all the things all over the place. Um, I'm waving it around here. You can't see me, but this is my instrument of instruction and I'm I'm waving waving it at screens as I talk to you and read these articles. But um, these House votes that are allowing us to move forward, allowing these impeachment investigations in uh, judiciary oversight, ways and means committees uh, to continue going, this is all well and good. But let me tell you what, the mountain of evidence... Is absolutely undeniable And I know that, you know, House Majority Whip Tom Emmer said something similar That it's something about the evidence that's mounting Can't be ignored I tell you what, it's unbelievable The amount of evidence that's gathered against Joe Biden Hunter Biden, against this family business That has been selling influence To the White House Since back when Joe Biden was Vice President I mean, it's nuts It's absolutely nuts And what makes it even worse Isn't just the foreign attachments And the China connections and all this different stuff it is specifically the, uh, the the exact things happening in Ukraine that the left accused president Trump of, and in fact, impeached him over in a hurried and extremely irrational and uh, and um, just crazy way, without even evidence against it. Some sort of phone call was put up uh, as evidence, and they just rammed forward an impeachment of him. Now, of course, the Senate dropped it very quickly. That trial ended uh, in a very lackluster way, but the House knew that the whole time. They knew that was what was going to happen, and they got their moment out of it. Well, this is an actual situation with serious evidence of money and money. And influence exchanged back and forth. Hunter Biden's companies, uh, whistleblowers in the government have come out and and confirmed a lot of these payments. Uh, And we're looking at literally hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars exchanged over the years in what now I think is very aptly known as the Biden crime family. I I don't believe that's hyperbolic in the least for us to say at this point. And I know that we keep talking about this. And and, and this is why I think this is such an important uh, wink, such an important what you need to know that the House must impeach Joe Biden now uh, is we're there. The evidence is out there. It's undeniable. It's a mountain of it. And what's happening is as the left just kind of ignores it and moves on and saturates the news with other topics the right is also just saturating the news constantly with hunter this and hunter that and and you know biden crime family this biden crime family that what's happening is the american people are losing interest they are losing understanding uh, they're losing sight of what's happening and the understanding of uh, what exactly has gone on, and why it matters? Why there is such blatant corruption, and what we need to do to hold it accountable? We have got to move forward and put put the rubber on the road on this one, or, or whatever phrase you want to fill in. As we've gotten getting into the meat of it now, I've had enough uh, fun with phrases for today. I'm going to just you know move on, you know, without getting too deep into the analogies. But um, we have gone so far into this, it's really time uh, to put some wheels on this and make things happen. Not to mess around in, in making investigations take as long as possible. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. There were a few Republicans that instead of just voting through an impeachment at that point, uh, and moving forward and fast tracking it, they voted to send it back to the committee. A lot of conservatives were complaining at them for doing that, even though they technically voted for something that was moving an impeachment inquiry forward. What it was was a slow walk. We don't have time for slow walks anymore. The American public is losing their interest, their understanding. We are losing the attention of we the people because we are allowing the left to just pile on story after story after story. and, and, And all of the white noise surrounding the Hunter Biden and the Joe Biden stuff is just taking the oxygen out of the room uh, in this effort to actually hold joe biden's white house accountable to hold the biden family accountable for what looks like you know pay to influence schemes Uh, total pay to play in office it's time to move forward now that's what you and i need to understand i think that's what you and i need to communicate to our congressmen is that guys it's time to move because all that we're doing by slow walking this or letting others slow walk it is it's the the fever underneath. It is just getting less and less and less. There is some serious stuff. There is some nasty evidence, some verified things out of government itself. And it's time to move forward. And yet we let them beat up on Trump. I know, you know, the, we know that the left has the megaphone of media, big media, big news, big Hollywood. They're all in the pocket of the radical left. We know this. So, yeah, they have a bigger reach than we do, it feels like, sometimes, and a bigger megaphone. But while they saturate the airwaves with just awful Trump this and awful Trump that, they are, in fact, drowning out and burying all of the Biden stuff in the white noise of what they're doing. We must cut through that. We must demand that our congressman, uh, congressmen cut through that, that they move forward with speed and agility and accuracy and not let either the Biden administration or Hunter Biden's lawyers stonewall this effort any longer or let establishment Republicans slow walk this effort. It is absolutely imperative that we move forward and hold accountable some of the absolutely incredible wrongdoing that's been done here. Um, this is, and I'm going to link to it. There's actually a really good, um, a really good article, a really good podcast uh, that we, that you should listen to as well. The short conversation took place. Uh, Victor Davis Hanson, um, who is a friend of the show, we've had him on. Really respect him. Uh, he's got a show over on just the news uh, with another gentleman named Jack Fowler, co-hosts, and uh, they were discussing some of this and how, it, you know, Republicans have got to unify around this and go forward. I, I mean, it, it's just a, it's an incredible thing. It's part of a bigger show but i'm going to link to it because it's really important to understand we must have unity to move forward in this and uh, we cannot let democrats um, stonewall this anymore we can't let the white house stonewall this anymore and we sure as heck can't let establishment republicans slow walk it it is time for action now the house must impeach joe biden now the evidence is there and the the insult um, we feel over the you know what they did to President Trump over exactly what Joe Biden's, in fact, it seems guilty of doing. Um, we can't even let that get in the way. It is time to pursue with a laser focus this impeachment effort and get it done. That's what you need to know today. We're going to move on here. I'm about running out of time because of just railing on the Bidens, but we've got some great stuff coming up. A couple of great guests, and I'll be back here at the end of the show to wrap us up. Go on over to ProAmericaReport.com Also, PhyllisSchlafly.com You will find all the things there, including an email sign up that gets it all into your inbox and come on back here after the break to the pro America report. We will be right back with some great stuff. Uh, We'll see you then.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest, I'd like to describe him as an author because he has this important book that people are talking about and we're going to talk about. It's called The Newsome Nightmare, The California Catastrophe and How to Reform Our Broken System. Post Hill Press is the publisher. Well, John H. Cox, he's an author now, but he's also uh, been active in politics and in business. He's, uh, he's somebody who's been uh, actively saying there's better ways to do things than some of what's happening. But this is an important contribution the Newsom nightmare so welcome john cox how are you sir
2: great great to be with you i appreciate it
1: well thank you so for, we were talking off the air for a moment um people your your point when you read this book and you look closely you cannot one cannot overestimate newsome gavin newsome's uh, ability access to money success that's one of your points right is don't don't undersell this guy
2: He's never lost an election. He's got the media in his pocket. He's got Hollywood. He's got Silicon Valley. He's got this base in California, and he's telegenic. He's relatively well-spoken, but, uh, Ed, he is a proprietor of the political system. Uh, He basically knows how to mine support among all kinds of special interest groups, And uh, he's catering to the media. Uh, He he does it very, very well. Uh, He hits the hot-button issues, abortion, guns, climate change. I mean, he's all about those issues. He is not a policy guy in terms of managing the state. I mean, uh, that's the point of my book. California is mismanaged from top to bottom. Shortages of housing, energy, water, the highest cost of living, the highest taxes the highest budget deficit, uh, the roads, the wildfire response, the education system. I mean, you run down the list and California is mismanaged, which is why it's hemorrhaging population, despite its good weather and, and natural beauty. <laughs> but, you know, Gavin Newsom is a political animal. He's ambitious. He comes from a long line of power brokers and Uh, He's running for president at some point, maybe not this year, but maybe in 28, but he's going to be running in the mix.
1: Uh, we're talking with John Cox about his book uh, that uh, catalogs in, in great detail, the Newsom nightmare, uh, what's happened in California. Uh, before we get a little bit more to that, uh, uh, pausing on Newsom, um, he reminds me of Bill Clinton in the sense that I, I don't think he cares about any ideological position. He's got to be left because it, it's what works and, and it's what gives you the national ambition. But in the modern era, Bill, I'm not sure Bill Clinton could have pulled it off in the modern era in terms of the scrutiny. Does Gavin Newsom Newsom have that problem. I never really understood. I mean, he had an affair with his chief of staff or something. And he, so is he, is he a Bill Clinton kind of um, a reckless character in his personal life? I mean, is that, is that likely to be a factor to survive?
2: Yeah. And I don't go into those in his book, uh, yeah. in this book at all. I mean, you know, he now has a very nice family for you know nice looking kids. His wife is very active, but right. you know, the thing about Newsom is that he's just gone very far left, uh, which is appropriate in California, given the power of these interest groups. I mean, and I think that's the real message of this book, Ed, and that is that Newsom is a incredible conductor of the orchestra of these interest groups that run California: the public sector unions, the trial lawyers, the mm. Healthcare care companies, uh, the environmental groups. These are the groups that really control the legislature and Newsom caters to them at every step of the way, which is why this state is in the condition it is. Because all of these things I mentioned, the education system, the uh, shortages of energy and water and, and housing and all this, all relate to these groups dictating control. And, you know, it's the same thing in Washington with the U.S. Congress, Ed, and and that's why this book talks about Newsom putting the Biden agenda into overdrive, Uh, and and that's a danger for this country. does, does, does John, John does it, how does
1: it work with a guy like him? He does get a lot of – is it because we've entered an era where because the economy is so big, uh, California's economy, that they're, they're all just crony capitalists? I mean, I understand the teachers' union. Uh, the teachers' union, I understand the uh, uh, public sector unions. I understand the trial lawyers. But, you know, there's uh, uh, Elon Musk is not the only businessman who likes to make money and said, I'm, I'm sick of the regulations in California. And yet, uh, Newsom does uh, have support from big businesses. Is it because they they get their own sweetheart deal and that's what they're playing for? Is it because the CEOs are liberal at the top and they're and they're willing to do that? You know, I I don't I never quite understood why, you know, relatively uh, businesses that want less regulatory burden and more uh, chance to make their money would want a guy like that.
2: Well, it it is about cronyism, because if you're running a business, you want to make sure that you don't get legislation that wipes out your business. Or you're looking for legislation that actually makes your business better and more profitable. And so that's why you would support politicians. But that kind of cronyism is at the heart of the problems of our political system. And, it, and it's what my book addresses. And I want to get into the solution, because the solution to our problems is here the people, Ed. Uh, it's, a, it's a way of structuring elections for the U.S. Congress that brings the voters into the picture and takes out big media and big money. Big media and big money uh, are the reasons why we get the politicians that we get. Because it it, in an an era where big media controls everything, uh, the, the election process is really controlled by these ads and the advertising. What we've got to do is we've got to get that out of the picture. How do we do that? Uh, The proposal we have is to carve up the existing congressional districts, which are huge, 750,000 people. The proposal is to subdivide those districts into 100 little tiny districts of 7,500 people each, which each elect a local representative. Those Hmm. 100 local representatives decide on the one congressman to go to Washington the other 99 stay home. Huh. The, the upshot of this system is that nobody needs the media, mass advertising in order to win office. If you know, getting elected to, to Congress then would be a matter of you going door-to- door in your neighborhood, convincing your fellow constituents of your competence, your char- character your uh adherence to policy anybody idea.
1: anybody I, I i see it anybody try it i mean i i guess what you're i what i see and i think a lot of people uh, you know what we have a regular guest on the show john mills retired colonel in the army and he's a, a big into uh sort of local relationships and action in terms of enacting change but anybody try anything similar other parts of the world or whatever where you because th- what strikes me as as problematic is it's another bureaucracy and you know the left uh thrives on on having paid bureaucrats or, or or paid functionaries in unions and others that can be these bureaucrats.
2: This doesn't create any bureaucracy. What you're doing is you're electing a local representative. Those hundred don't create, you know, those hundred that are elected in a congressional district, they don't create any bureaucracy. They just get together at one meeting and they decide who goes to Washington and the other 99 go back to their lives. There's no bureaucracy created with it. Well, no, no I, right. I,
1: maybe, maybe that's not the right word. What I mean is that one of the things that the left does so well is they em- employ lots of people in public sector related jobs, education and, and the government workers and, and then labor unions and they use those people to help in politics whereas our, our more conservative people start a business and they don't let their people take off to go work uh, uh, as much in politics. I, that, that I meant a different, the bad word choice but anybody trying this anywhere i mean i, I like the idea well, of empowering local that's that i see that
2: and getting the money out because you can see that this gets the money out because money would not be needed in order to run in a district that small yeah. what well, our plan is at uh, is to try this in uh, a state uh we're we're looking at arizona we're looking at nevada get a legislature to try it the constitution as you might know gives the states the absolute power to decide how to elect their members of yeah Congress. right
1: of course yep that is right they, they can try they can try it um John unfortunately yeah. I'm I, I'm out of time I got to have you back again it's very interesting especially that you you uh, have have uh, smartly I think used the book to say look here's the problems this is an important uh, uh, person to understand but then hey here's solutions uh, I find that uh, pretty exciting uh, John Cox is a guest po- uh, Post Hill Press is uh, the publisher of his book I will put up on uh, social media links to it it's called the Newsom nightmare uh, john h cox we got to take a break though everybody we're out of time it's ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. We've got John Schlappley with us. John Schlappley usually writes a weekly column and and is a intellectual uh, uh, fire. Uh, uh, what do we say? Uh, let's see. Uh, a power, uh, but now instead he's uh, gallivanting around the world. Uh, and he spent uh, over the weekend. He was up in New York City in Manhattan uh, with uh, not with uh, Peekaboo, uh, not with anybody. Uh, peekaboo, Latisha James, but instead. At the Donald Trump uh, event um, at the Cipriani, um, what is that, John? Is it a ballroom? Is that what that is famous for? Um, Anyway, and the young Republicans of New York had a big dinner and John Schlafly was there and now he is down in the swamp uh, checking in on things in the swamp. So welcome back, John. How was the event up in New York?
3: Well, uh, great to talk to you, Ed. Yes, it was a terrific event with uh, President Trump at one of the best, one of the finest and most spectacular event spaces in New York City, uh, which is downtown in the Wall Street area, and there were, I think, a couple of thousand people there, and uh, the president gave a terrific bang-up hour and a half speech and had people excited. So that was great. Uh,
1: John, um, what, what is that? What is that uh, space, uh, Cipriani? Um, is that is that a, a restaurant banquet space or what? Is it is extraordinary well, uh,
3: imagery? Cip- Cipriani is a well-known uh Italian restaurant banquet uh they they I think they have a couple of different versions but this particular space and honestly I don't know what the history of it is it it looks like it was a grand uh maybe a banking hall perhaps because this event was actually on Wall Street I think the number is 55 Wall Street and uh uh with a coffered and ceiling with a dome in the middle and columns around. It was spectacular. Uh, several stories tall inside. Uh, tall inside.
4: Oh, and,
3: okay. the, and it was a black tie event, and everybody, everybody was festive. And, uh, every, you know, almost everyone who you've ever heard of in Trump world was there. Yeah. To cheer the including, president, including John Schlafly. And I, I, I understand that I wasn't there, of
1: course, uh, uh, that you had a private moment beforehand with uh, President Trump. Uh, any any insight
3: that he sent his greetings to the pro-American? Well, what program? impressed me was he He looks good. I mean, oh, he's good. in good health and robust and radiant. And he's you know, they used to joke about Nixon. uh as some of your older listeners, Ed, I don't know if you have any older listeners who remember <laughs> uh, when Richard Nixon, after having been defeated, came back and people joke that the, it was the new Nixon. He was tanned, rested and ready. Mm. And uh, sure enough, he was elected president in 1968. Mm. Uh, so on his second try after he had suffered some reverses. So um you know, I hate to say, you know, I'm not sure that's the best model. It isn't the best model, but it's just something your listeners might remember. Uh,
1: John Schlappley is our guest describing his uh, uh, visit to uh, New York City, uh, for
3: the, uh, I guess it was the Young Republicans of New York, their uh, Christmas celebration. With yes, Trump. which is a hundred year old, hundred year organization. And I must say it's been totally energized by the terrific leader whose name is Gavin Wax, W-A-X. So make a note of that name. I think yeah. he's going places. A yeah. young man who gave a terrific speech and is very energetically building this organization in New York, wow. and and they they have ambitions of carrying New York for the president.
1: Well, I did hear from our, our friend Cynthia Hughes, the uh, founder and the and the head of the Patriot Freedom Project. She also saw President Trump at that event, and and he said to her and her husband, "We're going to win New Jersey. We're going to win New York." and uh, He's feeling pretty good, as you said, uh, tan, rested, and ready. Uh, John Schlapply, last week's column, Judicial Tyranny Worsens in D.C. Um, The news out in the last uh, couple of hours, uh, the cert petition uh, for one aspect of the January 6th crimes, a so-called 1512 charge, um, has been relisted, which means that the justices will take it up again in early January in order to decide if they're going to hear the uh, matter, um, the pundits are saying it's a positive development because, uh, at least in the tradition of the current Supreme Court, they relist, they relist any of the requests to hear a case, so-called uh, petition for certiorari. They, they generally always relist them at least once. So it's being perceived, uh, read the tea leaves, as a, a relatively good sign. But we don't know what that means. Um, but, John, your column uh, is all about, again, this, you called it in, I think, the first sentence, a judicial pileup against president trump it's uh it's it's extraordinary
3: well it is extraordinary and uh you know it would certainly break almost any individual who's beset by all this now you know you hear the pundits and they talk about uh 98 charges or but that's a that's a bit of an exaggeration because they're just you know copies or duplicates of the same charge i mean there's four cases and uh Four criminal cases, plus, uh, plus the very important civil case, which Mr. Trump feels very deeply about because he's attended it personally in New York over the future of the Trump organization. So those are the big ones. And uh, um, every one of them is in the hands of, I think, a very skilled lawyer. One of the people I met uh, at the New York event Saturday night, at was Alina Hava, And I congratulated Alina Haba on what a terrific job she's doing as a spokesman for President Trump in the civil case, the one that's pending in what they call New York Supreme Court, which is a little unusual. It's not the highest court, but they, uh, that's where the future of the Trump organization is being decided before this completely, the complete idiot of a judge. And since I'm not under a court order, I'm free to say that. Unfortunately, Mr. Trump himself is under a gag order that restricts his freedom to say what he really thinks about that uh, idiotic judge, Arthur Engeron, who's already ruled against Trump and is likely to rule against him again. So that case will eventually be decided on by an appellate court.
1: Uh, John, um, do you think at this point that these cases... I guess that one is sort of winding down uh president Trump uh, testified i think early this week uh and but that one's winding down and, and it 's always been a strange case it 's really about like business licenses it 's not there's no uh criminal liability there's no personal civil liability against uh trump it 's a weird one i, I really it 's a uh, uh, Letitia James, the Attorney General of New York, wanting desperately to try to find some way into the action. But, uh, what about these other cases, John? You, you describe a judicial pileup. I, and we, I mentioned the, uh, the possibility that the Supreme Court may take one aspect of the, uh, of some of the January 6 cases, which would impact Trump's. Do you think there's going to be trials this, this, this calendar year, John? Or do you think ultimately, especially with the way the wind's blowing, meaning, This is really going to be the race. It's Trump versus Biden that they that these uh, these courts back off and you won't see this until after the election.
3: Well, the experts have been saying uh, that the what people are calling the election case, which is the case that accuses Trump of trying to steal the 2020 election and then to interfere with the uh, official proceeding to certify the 2020 election, that's the one that's pending before this horrible judge, Tanya Chutkin. And that's one of the two cases being brought by the the stooge for the attorney general named Jack Smith. And uh, people say that's set to go on March the 4th and it's likely to go. But the truth is there are several important unresolved legal matters, which uh, if any of them are uh, challenged, and if any of the challenges are upheld on appeal, that could delay that trial. But currently, it's set for the first week in March of 2024, which is practically right around the corner. It would be in the middle of the whole primary process for the Republican nomination. Well, And it's an outrage. Trump calls that election interference, and he's exactly right about that.
1: Yeah, I, 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 and I, John, I, I don't know, John Slapley, and you check out the column, it's over at com now. Um, uh, judicial tyranny worsens in DC. John and his brother Andy write a weekly column, uh, well worth a close look. It, it's hard to, um, it's hard to, uh, justify, um, any of this now. I mean, at this point, it's so clearly interference in the election process and the timing is even more damning. You know, John, I, I have been, um, uh, bemoaning the fact that we almost need You remember when the hostage crisis happened in Iran in the late 70s? That's when Nightline was created. Nightline was created... 20 minutes each night to give an update. It was called America Held Hostage Day 22. And it was just an update on the, on the crisis in Iran. We need a, a America Held Hostage Lawfare Day 242 to track down all of these incredible lawfare. There's one after another happening to this guy who's running for president. I mean, it's just an insanity that this is allowed to occur. So, All right, John. Thank you. We're out of time. Thank you, John Schlafly. We will post all that up on social media and we will be right back. Ted Martin here on the Pro
3: America Report.
0: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin.
1: Phyllis Schlafly correctly predicted in 1967 that President Lyndon Baines Johnson could not be re-elected if the Vietnam War continued through 1968. Johnson's political future depends on ending the war in some way, Phyllis wrote 56 years ago in her book Against the Deep State entitled Safe, Not Sorry. The Vietnam War did continue and it continued without a full debate and formal declaration by Congress, just like the war we've been drawn into today. Subsequently, the otherwise invincible President Johnson was humiliated in his own primary and forced to withdraw from the presidential race in order to be replaced as a Democrat nominee. As a recession takes hold and deepens in the United States, President Joe Biden and the Democrats will lose badly on Election Day next year if they continue to send money to fuel NATO's agenda in Ukraine. CNN admitted over the summer that most Americans oppose Congress providing more funding for the war in Ukraine. Democrats can avoid talking about the recession, but they cannot avoid voters' wrath for advancing a pro-war globalist ideology rather than America first. The average length of recessions after World War II has been 10 months, but the so-called Great Recession that swept Democrats into power in 2008 lasted 18 months while one in the early 1980s lasted 16 months. Ballots will be cast next year while Americans are unable to keep up with the spiraling inflation and interest rates. The laughable Bidenomics branding that the left is trying out is just a flailing attempt to get some of their propaganda to stick. No matter what CNN tries to shove down the throats of unwilling viewers, no American can look at the price of a gallon of milk and fail to see the toll Biden's America is taking on our families. Democrats talk of replacing President Joe Biden as their nominee because of his age. But an equally large problem for him is trying to defend his pro-war policies during a recession. Robbing Americans further to fund perpetual foreign violence during a recession is not a successful formula for Democrats to win an election.
0: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
4: Welcome back to the Pro America Report. We're here to wrap things up. End of the show. This is Ryan Height sitting in today for Ed Martin. Glad to be here with you. Uh, We've still got a little bit to talk about. There's uh, something I wanted to bring to your attention. Uh, It's a little bit of new news, old news. It's a little combination, but I think it's still incredibly relevant and important for us to understand and see the scope of what's happening. Uh, But uh, before we get there, before we get to our uh, wrap-up for the day, I want to make sure I point you again to ProAmericaReport.com, also PhyllisSchlafly.com. If you get over to Pro Americareport.com. You'll find Ed's Substack. You want to subscribe to that email list? Make sure you get what he's writing about. Uh, but then also phillipslaffley.com is where you can find all of the archives. All of the archives. In fact, I was just marveling the other day at just how big the archives are of not not just the Phyllis Schlafly archives, which I know you hear Ed and I talk about this frequently, our day job here at Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, but the archives of the Ed Martin Pro America Report, or before that, the Ed Martin Movement. You may have been with us long enough to remember that early earlier show name, but this kind of uh, quality content and sharp uh, getting into the issues has been going on for a number of years now. It's all there. Go to philishlafly.com You can find it all. The podcasts, the guests, standalones, all of the show notes and the links and the resources, and even best, you can sign up for the email list there at philishlafly.com It's a goodie. You'll want to do it. Head on over and do that. But uh, without any further interruptions or stonewalling or self-promotion, let's get into it. Uh, something that you may not have seen, uh, but we're starting to see the results of, the USA Cycling uh, USA Cycling uh, organization, they put down new transgender athlete participation policies, it went into effect in July, and we are really starting to see the results of that. In competitions this fall, uh, October, November especially, there were some big stories that really just kind of went under the radar. I see them start to come back up again, but I think this is important to bring up because we are seeing come true what was predicted that uh, this would happen and of course the oh that's ridiculous the, uh, the the left says that would never happen you're just crazy they're they're crazy talking well, guess what it's happening men are competing in women's events and they are winning they are beating women they are in fact beating women almost entirely off the podium. At these events uh, in women 's cycling in the usa women 's cycling and it 's disturbing what 's more disturbing though is that some of the women like it. <laughs> it really is odd uh, we had uh, we had one this weekend there was um uh, a race i 'm sorry not this weekend. I saw one story this weekend reaching back to October seven a race that took place in Chicago. The Chicago Cyclocross Cup uh, took place over uh, the weekend in oh wait a minute no i 'm sorry i 'm sorry i 'm sorry uh, the, the this was a a race that took place this weekend. It also reaches back though there was another one that took place in october, and it, regardless of the timing of when it was uh, two individuals two You know, transgender individuals, men, uh, identifying as women, took first and second place. In this race, and it was by you know a, a pretty decent um, a pretty decent gap here. And what's really disturbing about this to me, it's not only that all of these things we've said would come true are coming true about men competing in and just destroying women's sports uh, across the board in all of these different areas, not just professional sports but uh, college sports and, and everything in between. But what's really kind of um, disturbing is that some of these. Uh, you Young women who are Being disenfranchised who are Receiving the slight here are Actually okay with it in fact They're celebrating it this this specific Race I'm talking about here in Chicago um, The third place said that uh, She was invigorated by it and I'm paraphrasing Here I don't have her exact quote in front of me but I read It a couple of different places she said she was invigorated By it that the competition was stronger For it and she was happy for them to be participating And it made her feel really Good really the the only Legitimate actual biological Woman who competed in the race Is receiving the bronze medal And feels good about it we This is something that we need to understand. Not only are all of these things coming true, this, this awful and atrocious encroachment upon women's sports. All these things are coming true that we warned about and we feared about. They're happening. But the young women out there who are being brainwashed uh, through the higher education system and through all of culture around them that this kind of thing is okay. They're okay with it. They're actually celebrating it. Um, we're headed for some hard times ahead. This is really uh, pretty disturbing. And I, I think this is something that there, there's a, a second. I've seen several folks make the, the comment. In fact, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, he he made the comment that the mental health epidemic has reached new heights. Uh, posting this article, not just two men taking the top podium spots in the women's single speed category at this championship uh, uh, Illinois state competition, but that the third place uh, on the podium, the actual first place by biological female. She's okay with it. She's, in fact, excited and happy about it. Um, we really have put ourselves into an incredible position by letting it go this far. And I know that um, we do not control the ivory towers of academia and uh, media. We have lost those battles and must get them back. But I tell you what, let this be our clarion call that it has to happen. It has got to happen, folks, because quite literally, we've we've warned that, you know, the elites uh, across media and education and government and this and that, they're going to do Do to us what they want and impose the agenda they want upon us and we will like it. Guess what? There are a lot of young people out there who've been deceived and brainwashed and they're liking it. They are enjoying it because they have not heard the truth. They have not been raised and correctly indoctrinated in the truth and the understanding, and that's up to us. So, I hate to be bleak, but uh, I'm going to post a couple of links here. This is something I think we need to know about. There's your wrap-up. You need to understand that the the full effects of this uh, men entering women's sports in the transgender era, so-called transgender era, it's coming to full fruition. There it is. Uh, So, I hate to leave you with it, but that's what we're going to have to leave you with until tomorrow. Go to ProAmericaReport.com, PhyllisSchlafly.com, pick up all of the past segments and podcasts don't forget to sign up for the email address uh, or the email list and then again thank you for being here for being a regular listener thank you to ed for leading the show and thank you to mason my co-producer for helping me keep everything on time and running we appreciate all of you and we appreciate you dear listeners so much Uh, we look forward to seeing you again here on another edition of the pro america report we'll talk to you tomorrow everyone